Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn is a CPA with Heinel Bandwork out in East Peoria, East Peoria, Illinois. I can't talk this morning, Glenn. Um, how you doing, man? Hey, good, Casey. Got a big rain over there. Well, that's good. So I'm down here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I came to the desert for three days, and it rained for three days. So I guess I showed up when they're going to get all the rain for the year. So good day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure all it's right. a little warmer where you're at. So. A little, probably a little bit, yeah. Um, all right. So you have talked about what we're going to, we're going to talk about here this morning. Uh, yeah. and you brought up that one ninety nine a, which we thought was put to bed actually yeah. isn't that yeah. far asleep yet. So talk a little yeah. bit about what's going on there. This is, so we've got several kind of, you know, in the tax world, at least breaking, breaking news stories. So we're not exactly sure yet what the IRS is, the position is going to be. We're hoping to hear in a few days here, but last week at, a AICPA, which is like the National Association for CPAs, there was a tax conference held in Washington, D.C. And since it was held in Washington, D.C., they had a number of officials, you know, that would participate in panels, which is kind of nice, right, to see. Now, they're always kind of the unofficial position of the IRS, but but basically it got mentioned, and we're still not exactly sure what all this means, that, that how you deal with the regular 199A deduction that you get on your, on your Schedule F, I'll just assume you're a sole proprietor farmer, but then uh, listeners might remember you also, if you sell your grain to a co-op, you might get passed out what was used to be like called the D-pad deduction. It was on a patronage form. So you could actually get this direct 199A deduction on Schedule F plus get a deduction passed out from the cooperative. Okay. And how to calculate that and how to, how to deal with the, the connection of those two, the IRS is... Said something last week that you know in any of my research that I've done that like no one has computed it that way you know in all in the examples that I've seen posted so we're still waiting to make sure that um, there's definitely been some blogs about this but we're still waiting to make sure we understand it but this would be a negative uh, it would re- it would it would kind of reduce the the deduction a bit which is a bad thing so we're still waiting to hear back. But um, it's, yeah, you, you think this has been put to bed. It's been since March of 2018, um, you know, that the, the law was passed. The, the fix was passed. You know, that's when we first started up tax moves cases. I know, you know, because of this rule and there's still, there's still questions on it. So, yeah. so more to come on that. But yeah, that definitely just came up here in the last few days. Right. So I guess what's on... <clears throat> Is it going to change? I know a lot of folks had to go back through and, and wait yeah. through 2018 to refile and, and do those kind of things, but there's, is there a potential they'd have to refile 2018 taxes? Well, that's a good question. Um, it's a little hard to know for sure, but um, the fact that in 2018 there was this co-op transition rule that kind of surprised people last year that like, in other words, if the D pad that was passed out was like old D pad, you may be okay. But really, to be honest, we don't know yet what, what the result is. And we'll, we'll take it one, one day at a time. Um, 
but certainly that is possible. I guess I will say that, but, but there was that cooperative transition rule that, that also came into play. Yeah. So anyway, again, this is going to, it's going to reduce, it's going to make, if the IRS's position is correct, and we're not sure it is, but it, it would be a little more negative to sell into a co-op. It's, it's not near as big a deal as the original grain glitch. This is not, right. you know, the difference between 20% of gross sales and 20% of net income, but, but it's definitely something that would be a surprise. And again, I have not seen any, any example posted on, on websites, you know, from the universities or anybody that, that, com- that computes it the way we think I will stress, we think the IRS is going to propose because it's not in the regs yet. So we feel like they'd almost have to like issue, you know, some real specific guidance because otherwise, obviously, it's just a comment, you know, at a conference. So hopefully in a week or so, we'll have more clarity on this and we can update your listeners. Right on. All right. So last uh, other thing we talked about here yesterday morning, you had a another 199A kind of clarification come out on yeah. how you look at some various things that we've been thought were put to bed too but now you've got even some more more yeah uh, more stuff there so talk about that a little bit so this is just came what it came out um yesterday november 20th in the afternoon the irs has posted 12 new frequently asked questions and answers to their website regarding 199 cap a and that relates to uh, all these questions these new questions relate to rental real estate and so most of this is just kind of a rehash of uh, the safe harbor that was, I believe, yeah, released in September. Um, but the interesting thing, which I just literally just found out about 30 minutes ago, is it's because we don't really know what's a trader business. Um, 162 is the code section reference. It does not really describe anything. And then in particular, rental real estate, you know, how, how much how much business activity do I need to have, right? If I'm just, you know, sitting, you know, on the porch collecting my rent checks, right? Is that really a trader business? And, you know, there's been guidance, but it's not clear. There's case law, you know, for going back to the 1940s and all this stuff. So anyway, this FAQ comes out and it mentions a new, like, it says, hey, a single property triple net lease, which a triple net lease, you know, a lot of the, almost all the payments, right, are made by the tenant, right? The landlord's doing not very much. They cite a, a 2006 notice that has something to do with like bonus depreciation in go zones, which we don't have time to talk about what a go zone is, but it's a 2006 notice and it has a couple examples in there that say, you know, hey, here's a, here's a fact pattern. This person is, this landlord is not, you know, considered to be in a trader business. So then they're not eligible for the go zone depreciation. And so it's just interesting that they chose to, you know, there's a lot of citations they could have used, but they, they chose this notice 2006-77 to kind of support their argument, you know, for a, so in other words, a 2006 notice is getting used, you know, for a 2017 law that was passed. But it, it both in both cases, they use the term trader business. And so they're trying to use right press precedent to help them. So it's just kind of interesting um, that they're, they're trying to provide guidance in particular for rental real estate. And, and as we would have talked, you know, in the past, Casey, you know, if I'm a landlord and I'm just receiving cash rent, right, there may be question, it may be questionable, you know, I may not be able to get that deduction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, However, if I'm a crop share, there's a better chance if I, if there's a, there's a special related party exception that helps out, right. That I, if, you know, if I can kind of combine both my farm operation and my, my landlord income together. So 
it's, but the bottom line is it's still not certain. Um, but the IRS did come out with 12 new questions. Um, so anyway, that's a long winded answer, but, um, just, you know, anything the IRS gives us is how they're viewing it is, is helpful, right? Cause okay, well, you know, we're trying to understand their, their interpretation cause they're the ones, you know, if you, if you, you know, get selected for an exam or whatever, right. They're gonna, they're gonna refer to these type of things. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So what's the, uh, Okay, so what are some of the ramifications that could come out of this? And is this, is this? I mean, I know we've talked about the whole trader business and, and how that's defined, and there's still some gray area there as to what yep. that actually is or isn't. So are they trying to use that 2006 uh, example as a um, – th that's kind of help define what that trader business is yeah, in the situation? They use a word, and again, I'm not – we're not – you know, just in the last 30 minutes, uh, I looked at this – term used in that notice is whether the landlord meaningfully participates. So mean, meaningfully participate is a new, you know, little buzzword that we've not heard before. Um, and so you just, and it, and it has examples of, you know, the landlord, you know, was again, just pretty much collecting the rent checks, you know, the tenant was paying for the utilities, the real estate taxes, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was just one property. So, and in this notice, it says, Hey, if you just have one property, it's a triple net lease you know, you're generally not eligible to be a trader business. Now, then that notice has a second example that where there's like two properties, so not one, but then also the landlord is more involved in the business. So, so they change two things, you know, they change two variables. You'd like to see, well, what if, what if it was this, you know, the same uh, landlord activity or participation, but they had two properties or they had three properties, would that change it? But they actually, you know, they changed two things. They said, two properties instead of one and then have the landlord be more involved. And so in that second example, they say that is eligible, you know, that is a trader business. And in that case, the 2006 notice, it, it meant that the landlord could take this uh, go zone depreciation. So. Okay. Well, a lot of stuff going on as usual. Glenn, if folks yeah. want to reach out to you and, and get some more information about what we've talked about today, what's the best way to do that? You know, it's best to call our office here at Heinel Banward. It's 309-694-4251. Or you can always uh, check me out on Twitter at Glenn Birnbaum is my handle. Right on. And always, as usual, make sure you consult your tax professional about the stuff we've talked yes. about here on on this on this podcast here with Glenn. So, Thank well, you. Glenn, it's... Uh, <laughs> so glenn it's been a been a good talk if you want to find the moving iron podcast hit me up on facebook twitter instagram moving iron llc send me an email moving iron podcast also check me out on the global ag network or any other place that podcasts can be found uh, if you go to the global ag network make sure you go down on the website there globalagnetwork.com and there's a uh, newsletter you can subscribe to to get all the latest information about all the great hosts and shows on the moving iron, or on the moving iron podcast is one of those but the uh, global ag network so Glenn, until next time, have a good week, and we'll talk to you again, man. All right. Thank you, Casey. Moving higher in the 21st century.